The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode is 2007 versus 2018. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Welcome to Action Film Face Off, the show where two random years are selected and my brother, well, yeah, it still works. <laughs> Not my biological brother, but we'll get to that. My bestest buddy for over two decades now. We'll we'll introduce him in a minute. But anyway, that guy's gonna bring an action film from one random year, and I'll bring an action film from another random year, and then those two films do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. But let me introduce your substitute host for this episode. My non-biological brother, he's a U.S. Air Force combat veteran from Afghanistan, and he is a jiu-jitsu blue belt. Welcome to the show, Delvin, the Dark Web, Felix Slider, Silverhand, Pop Pop Piss, Hot Thing, Williams. I, I, I would be remiss to anyone who happens to be listening to this and is a jiu-jitsu practitioner that I know being a blue belt is like the equivalent of getting onto the mat, being able to walk and chew gum six times out of ten. It's not very important. I know. It's my small thing. See, six out of ten, 42 percent. Almost half. Yes. Got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Delvin, you know, he's cutting himself there, but he goes every week. He practices hard. All right. He takes it seriously. Keeps his body in good physical condition. So I'm proud of him. Still can't kick my ass, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm being an internet tough guy today. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't add this small bit here. Surprise, you didn't recognize who I was, Jerry. Mm. By looking at me in the eyes, so uh, I'm gonna take off my I'm taking off my mask, <laughs> and I'm Jared, the yard sale artist. God, plot twist. That works across both movies and another podcast. Me, me, me. It does work across both movies. You know what? Enough of your shenanigans. Introduce me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of one to ten in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero, and the villain. And then there will be the deduction round where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother from another mother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Pro. Thank you, Delvin. Now, before our two films enter the Video Dome Arena, I can hear them chanting for blood once again. I know, right? Feel the tingle in the air. But hey, you know what? We're thrilled to kick off this episode like we do all of our episodes with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Buy something, won't you? They also. <laughs> <laughs> Buy something! I couldn't get through my own sales pitch. All right. 
they also get early access to special long box crusade episodes we're talking free stuff we give away there's a lot to get from being a crusaders club member here are the people who are reaping those benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show thank you for being a friend i'll let you kick it off my friend okay we'll start off with bill beer Blasteter Statue. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Dave Collins. That was just a crazy old man. Gene Hendricks. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Musical genius, Joe November, also known as Joe Thomas. John and Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. That sounds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Went. Ross Michaud. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski Steve Cronin Tim Toronto Cop Paul Heeks And last, certainly not least, Jose Foyo I think that's a pseudonym Maybe <laughs> Thanks Jose Now if we miss anybody on the list, we apologize Just keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon But still, no worries, just let us know if we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. Pat would appreciate the correspondence, and we'll get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Jared, yes. I'm I'm not Jason. I'm filling in. This is me. It's Delvin. Uh How do I become a Crusaders Club member? So you're filling in for Jason. No, but check the records. Oh, yeah, you can join. Whoa, yes. (laughs) It's simple. You head over to Patreon.com, search for Longbox Crusade, and for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now, let's get back to the combat and learn a little bit about the films and gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. Yes, indeed. This episode, I was assigned the year of 2018. That's just last year. Can you believe it? I can. And I have selected Mission Impossible Fallout, starring Tom Unicorn Blood Cruz. What year did the randomizer select for you, sir? I got 2007, so I'm putting into our video dome arena, War, starring Jet Li and Jason Statham. Good God, y'all. What is it good for? Tell me. (laughs) Nothing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't even think I'll edit the song in there. I think that was spot on. (laughs) I do too. Well, this is a fine matchup, folks. Now, it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Delvin. We each had to select from our assigned year, so I might very well like his selection better than mine. I don't. Or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) This is all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. Now, spoiler warnings. Okay, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout or you haven't seen War, both of the movies have fairly significant plot twists and turns throughout. We're going to ruin that. So if you haven't seen them, this is where you pause. You pause here, then you come back and we'll talk about it. So here's your pause chance in three, two, one. And we're back. Aren't you glad you watched those movies? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too, or else you probably didn't come back. <laughs> You're not even hearing this. These movies are crap. <laughs> watching this? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me jump in with some quick info on 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? 
end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? Oh, you know, same old Ethan. What the hell is he doing? I find it best not to look. cast and crew it's tom cruise henry cavill ving rames simon Pegg, and rebecca ferguson it was directed by christopher mcquarrie and your synopsis goes a little something like this a mission goes wrong and the entire world is in danger again ethan hunt puts his usual team of talented agents together one more time to stop a literal ticking time bomb who can be trusted and who can't and can ethan hunt get up enough energy to save the world just one more time spoiler yes he can yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all you need to know about this film. Here's some trivia for it. All right, let's do this by the numbers. This film had 3,000 setups, 13 helicopters, six pregnancies, five hiatuses, four weeks of aerial photography on three different continents, and two winters and one broken ankle. A lot happened during the filming of this movie. (laughs) And a partridge in a pear tree. You know who broke their ankle? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, when he does that big jump from the one building to the other. And then oh. on film, that's the take they use. You watch it and you'd be like, oh, that looks like it hurt. And yeah, he broke his ankle. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I, I I remember that pause and he was kind of, he kind of, ah. <laughs> Peter Griffin. Ah. <laughs> keep going. You know we can keep, you know yes. we can do this for a while. Yes. Uh, trivia effect number two. Tom Cruise showed some mighty impressive stunt driving skills during the film. The crew filmed four takes of Cruise making the 180-degree turn while driving the BMW M5 down a half-dozen steps on the streets of Paris. Three out of the four takes were perfect. In the last 10 degrees of the turn, he had to turn the steering wheel, step on the clutch, put the car in the first gear. In the air, stunt drivers train their entire lives to do something like that, and Tom Cruise got it three out of four. He's an impressive cat. Wow. 
He also learned uh, some helicopter flying skills just to literally fly the helicopters in this movie. That dude <laughs> does not stop. I mean, why not? Finally, Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Superman, a.k.a. the bad guy in this film. There's your first spoiler. He was offered the role publicly through his Instagram by director Christopher McQuarrie. So basically, he, he Instagrammed publicly, hey, dude, you want to be in Mission Impossible 6? And Henry was like, word. And there you have it. Nice. Well, I will give you the rundown on 2007's War. <laughs> Good God, y'all. dark underworld ruled by fear. A truce has protected their way of life until a lone assassin started a war. Now, it's him. He killed my partner. A renegade FBI agent will stop at nothing to get revenge. Get ready for a war. crew got Jet Li, Jason Statham, Nadine Velasquez, and John Lone. It was directed by Philip G. Atwell. So here's a synopsis. After his partner and family are apparently killed by an infamous assassin named Rogue, FBI agent Jack Crawford becomes obsessed with revenge. Rogue's return sparks a violent war between rival Asian mobsters Chang and Shiro, while the ultimate showdown between Crawford and Rogue reveals an unexpected truth. Hmm. Hmm. What could that truth be? Hmm. So, a few random trivia nuggets for you guys and girls. The movie was originally titled Rogue. But Lionsgate changed the title to avoid confusion with the Weinstein Company's crocodile thriller Rogue, which everyone flocked to the movie theater to see. <laughs> I've never heard of that. No. <laughs> which was set to come out at the same time. So they went with, <laughs> with one generic title and went with one more generic. <laughs> uh, Next more. title option was just called movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> film. <laughs> War is the second of five movie collaborations with Jason Statham and Jet Li. The first one was previously covered here in Action Film Face-Off called The One. The third, fourth, and fifth, The Expendables movies. Hey, we did one of those too. Boom lay. Boom lay. Boom. As a spoiler, and one I unsurprisingly didn't catch, the combination entered on the keypad by Rogue to access his weapons locker forms the shape of a letter which may have been intended as a clue to his true identity. Oh, I didn't catch that either. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! 
Just jump right into round one. Round one is the story. How engaging is the story? How original is the story? How did it engross you? Let's find out. So, just talking about it a little bit, let's start with war. What is it good for? Delvin, what are your overall thoughts on the storyline of the movie? Okay, so it looked like there was kind of two stories. There was uh, Crawford going after Rogue, which was the main story. And then there was that undercurrent of the Yakuza excuse me, Yakuza, ah, yep, I read the notes, versus uh, the triad. And like for the longest time, I was like, I don't care about the second storyline. Why is this connected? And it took until the end that I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it's connected now. So the story overall to me was a slow burner. And at first it kind of wasn't super engaging and gripping me because I was trying to figure out why is this story being told? You get what I'm saying? I do. I do. What do you think? I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. I spent about the front half of the movie just trying to figure out who all the players were, what their angles were, because there's a lot of players in the movie. There's bosses, there's sub-bosses from two different gangs. Mm-hmm. It can be confusing about which sub-bosses are working for which gang. And then, of course, you have the Statham Lee story going through it, which I was obviously more interested in, like you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this felt very much like Fistful of Dollars storyline, which actually goes back to a um, Kurosawa film that I'm not going to remember what it was called. He was sort of the originator of the rogue agent that pits two families against each other to create chaos type of a deal. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was trying to show everyone I'm classy because I know about some Kurosawa film. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it was a little bit choppy and sloppy but it was still good enough for me to be like no all right four so that's my overall thoughts there it was the equivalent to me of seeing a shoe untied and you know someone walking around with it and then like right at like the last bit of that little race they were running they stopped and tied it's like oh thank goodness my ocd was killing me (laughs) it's really a really good way to put that actually (laughs) yeah because i'm I'm just like i I could not understand why they were telling this story until i mean it was about 15 minutes left in the movie and i'm like oh okay so to get through most of the story and you don't understand why that story is being told Thankfully, that last 15 minutes of the movie was there or else like it would have been a, a low score for me. And instead, the last 15 minutes helped bump it up. All right. Well, let's kick it over to 2018 and check on Mission Impossible Fallout. What are your thoughts on the story, my friend? In a sense, the story was simple. I'll go ahead and give my spoiler away here of my own personal spoiler. Jared, I don't think I've watched a Mission Impossible movie since literally the first Mission Impossible movie. Oh, my goodness. You have so much homework to do. It took me seeing a few of the things, you know, the creature comforts within Mission Impossible to remember what it was all about again. And the plot seems simple enough. Stop the bad guys with the bombs. And it took so many twists and turns where it's like, okay, Tom Cruise and team have to go do this. But before they get that done, they have to do this. But before they get that done, (laughs) they have to do this. Like, oh my goodness. So in a sense, it's kind of like Inception and that like you you had to solve one thing to get to the next level, to get to that final level. And it, I mean, and it took the heroes of the story through the paces. So simple story that was opened up and developed and was very good. What do you think? Man, I don't think I can say it better. Yeah, it's uh, I call it a Legend of Zelda style story, you know. 
You know, like Zelda, like you can't get the fairy unless you have the flute. And you can't get the flute unless you do Dungeon Six, and you can't get Dungeon Six <laughs> unless you get the ladder. Like, oh my goodness! But yes, yes, these Mission Impossible's, especially after Part Two, they really start to get a little more multi-layered and intriguing. Three, four, five, and six are just amazing films, and I got nothing against two. Two's just more of an action beat than it okay. is uh, one of these more layered films. I love them all. And I agree with you, this one is outstanding. I will tip my cards until the onset home that I actually like five, the previous film, Rogue Nation, a little better than this one, but they're very close. So let's go ahead and score these and get out of round one. So on a scale of one to ten for war, what is it good for? What'd you score it? I gave it, thanks to that last 15 minutes, for the story a seven. Welcome to Action Film Faceoff, Delvin. I also gave it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're not doing this. I listen to you and Jason. I'm like, their scores are so light because they're brothers. So let's let the audience know. I have not told Jared what my scores are for this movie. Yeah, has not? That's funny. Keep going. <laughs> In case this is your first episode, we score them on a one to five. Five means average. Five means it's okay. It's fine. It did its job. No problem. No razzle dazzle. Just did its job. So that's your barometer set. So, you know, if something gets a five, that's not terrible. It just means it did its job. So now we've uh, reset that barometer after our first matching scores of seven for War 2007 on the story. Let's go to Mission Impossible Fallout. What did you give the story of Mission Impossible Fallout? One to ten. I moved it up to an eight. And it probably could go higher, but for me, I'm going to keep it at eight. What do you have? <laughs> I got an eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <sighs> Hail Hydra. Hail <laughs> Hydra. You know, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you uh, on an eight. I think it's really strong. I don't think it's super creative. The main justice story, like you said, stop the guys with the bombs. They did a creative job on how they got there. So you'll see some better scores. It's probably as we move into the spectacle arena. But yeah, I think it's very solid and it's a very strong eight for me. And we are tied at the end of round one. Delvin, take us into round two. I was taking shrapnel and caisson while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. Absolutely. So we are going to talk about the hero now. We need to know how cool is the hero. So we will first talk about war. So, mm. right. <laughs> you, you, you see the quandary already. Yeah. So who's the hero of the story? Oh, my goodness. You spend, what, 80, 90% of the movie? Thinking it's John Crawford. Thinking it's John Crawford. And then you kind of find out that it's Jet Li's character. Right. So I kind of had to amalgam them both and say, okay, for this portion, this hero, this hero, I don't know about you, and I guess this kind of plays into the story, but I never bought the fact that Jet Li was a villain. Never once. I didn't know who he was until the plot twist at the end, but I didn't buy him as a straight-up villain. I can tell you, Jared, like I was looking and when they were talking about the war between Yakuza and Triad and I saw what Jet Li was doing, I'm like, okay, it's very clear he's pitting them against each other. I saw that from the start. Right. I didn't know why he was doing it. So if we're going to take Jet Li as the hero of this story, I'd say that thanks to the last 15 minutes, he was very mysterious mm -hmm. and... Jet Lee kind of does that thing where, while I don't know Mr. Lee personally, he seems like he acts like the same character in nearly every movie that you watch. A little bit bored with it all. And I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being as good as he is at anything, but he just seems a little bit bored. But like he played a little bit of a mystery as well. 
The one note I put down was guessing he's making a play at uniting families under his name with the girl that he was staring at, which was uh, Velasquez's character. Mm -hmm. That was my guess. And uh, that guess was wrong. Mm -hmm. But I would say overall, just rogue slash Jet Li character. Like, I mean, he did a great job at being mysterious and only revealing what he wanted to when he wanted to reveal it. So that gave him a layer of mystery, even though, again, like I mentioned, Jet Li is, you know, sometimes seems a little bit bored with the roles that he's playing. But overall, I thought that he was a good, incredible hero, so much so that it was a surprise that he was a hero in the first place. So let's talk about Mission Impossible Fallout. What do you think about the hero for Mission Impossible Fallout? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ethan Hunt is an amazing character. He's always fun to watch. Tom Cruise, as we said, he brings the energy. He's like 86 years old, I think now, or something like that. He's still doing amazing stunts. The driving, the flying, the running, the jumping. He's an unstoppable force. He's a charming guy to watch. He's a good actor. And then when you start bringing in the ensemble-ish heroes around Mm -hmm. him with Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg and all that, it is just joy to watch. And so the hero and his entourage both look for a high score for me, man. What do you think? Yeah, there's something about Cruz. He's not funny, but he has an excellent sense of comedic timing. Yes, In the movie itself, Alec Baldwin went out of his way and described Hunt early and says that I think the phrase was, he cares about the one life as much as the millions, Mm -hmm. which is an excellent thing to say about someone, particularly in his position. And as a nod to Jason, that was explained kind of expositorily. It wasn't the Pope in the pool. (laughs) I still don't know what that means, but proceed. (laughs) And so I guess what I'm saying is Tom Cruise needed to kind of define that in the movie. But because it's Tom Cruise, it's like he doesn't have to because he's Tom Cruise. Uh Because he was fantastic. And you're right. I'm sitting there watching this dude run through (laughs) this movie. (laughs) At one point at the end, he's chasing Henry Cavill. And he is in a dead sprint on camera Uh for like five to eight minutes and i'm like i can't jog <laughs> five to eight minutes well <laughs> 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 the energy that he brings to the screen is incredible and he absolutely is something to watch and that says enough he being a hero is completely credible because of what he brings plus the ensemble love watching Ving rames wanted some arby's badly <laughs> I, I still do. <laughs> Me too. Um, have a maple bacon sandwich. It is. <laughs> there's that. There's Simon Pegg. Yeah. So, yeah, the hero and his ensemble both are uh, fantastic uh, in the movie. So I, I enjoy them very much. So let's get to the scoring round. Jared, mm. what you rate the hero? Uh, in this case, we're talking Jet Li in War. Well, like I said, I kind of amalgamated them. I'm, I'm sort of rating Jason Statham for like 75, 80% of the movie and then Jet Li for 20% of the movie, taking yeah. the numbers, averaging them. You, you minus it, though. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, because it was a little not as clear cut. And anyway, I gave it a seven. What'd you give? Okay. So I rated it just on Jet Li alone. I had him as the villain, but I can adapt and put him as my hero. And I gave him an eight. Oh, we got a little separation. 
Okay, so what do you think about the uh, hero, Tom Cruise slash Ethan Hunt slash Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible Fallout? I want to say one more thing that I, that I meant to mention, and, and I think it plays nicely with your comments. Uh, just another great thing I think about Tom Cruise in general is as these movies are going along, he's very much the centerpiece of movie one and two. And he's a strong centerpiece in three, and then they start building that cast around him. Okay. And then four, five, six. And what I'm saying is he is not only aging gracefully physically, but he's also aging gracefully as the anchor of this series. You can tell he's not selfish. He wants Mm -hmm. other people to shine. He knows he's getting older, so he needs to rely on other actors around him to help carry the story. And they have found the most creative and wonderful ways to do that. So hats off to him for being an unselfish leading man. Having said that, he's no Roger. He's no Roger Moore in View to a Kill. (laughs) Who is, Jared? And I want to point out that at the time of this filming, he's older than Roger Moore was in A View to a Kill. Yeah, put that in your pipe (laughs) and smoke it. Anyway, I gave him a 10. Flawless victory. I gave gave him a flat-out 10, perfect score. Like I said, I liked him better in the last movie, so I actually had Tom at a 9 in this movie, but then when I factor in the ensemble cast, it's a bump up to a 10. What do you think? You know what? I was rating it on just Tom Cruise alone, but I very much so enjoyed his ensemble cast as well, because they helped make him. And oftentimes they would throw in the necessary lines to describe what Tom Cruise was doing, necessary or not. I think it was necessary. I wish Tom Cruise would have done it himself. But you described it very well in saying he is kind of retreating a little bit from the spotlight so uh, some other people get their opportunities, like Simon Pegg as an action star. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, no one would see that coming. Yeah, watching Ring Rames out in the field as well was credible and incredible to see. I had it initially as an eight, but due to your influence, Jared, I'm going to bump it up to a nine. Up to a nine. That brings us to the end of the hero round. Let's move on to round three. I got it from there. Round three is the villain. So how menacing and or entertaining is our villain? You know, how memorable are they really? Let's get into round three of the villainous round brought to you by Arby's. (laughs) We have the meats. (laughs) So in round three, let's talk about the villain of war. So I'm guessing if you were talking about Jet Li in the hero round, we're going to talk Statham. Are you going to talk about the crime bosses? What what, What are your thoughts on the villain or villains of war? Yeah, I'm going to talk about just Jason Statham more than anything, because that's the main focus of the movie. The main focus of the movie is Jet Li versus Jason Statham. And Jason Statham, who I had initially written as a hero until the last 15 minutes where the big reveal happened, John Crawford and Jason Statham playing him, the very first act, I wrote down not likable. And I generally like Jason Statham, Mm -hmm. but the way that they played the character, he just came across as, and I get what they were saying, like his partner died and it affected him and, and he was, you know, brooding and like, and just completely turned his focus on all that, but he just, seemed unlikable, came across like a bully, like devoid of any personality. That kind of disappointed me. Like they could have given Jason a little bit more of a role to care about. Like maybe, I don't know, have him check in with, I don't know, just something about it. I just wasn't huge on about an hour and three in, he executed a guy and he didn't have to. That was a choice. He chose to kill the dude. And I'm like, I don't like that. Like, if you're a hero, yep, you might have to take out a bad guy or two or a dozen. But usually it's because you're getting to your end target. And in this case, it was like Jason had an opportunity to, like, the person was beaten. It's like, nah, 
blam! Like, mm, you're not a hero, sir. So, I don't know, just something about him I didn't like, but there was one thing that he did that I did like, and that was at the start of the movie, his partner was trying to give him to give up cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And he recommended that he use toothpicks instead. And for the rest of the movie, Jason Statham used a toothpick. Mm-hmm. And that is a little bit of a tilt that at least it shows how much he was affected by his friend dying. And then the last 15 minutes showed the reveal of why he kind of acted the way he did. But just I didn't know that before those last 15 minutes. So just for the most part, I wasn't a huge fan of how Statham was presented. What do you think? Well, I think that's all complimentary since you weren't supposed to like him by the end of the <laughs> But you can like the bad guy. I've heard you and Jason talk plenty about the bad guy and how you're like, he's kind of bad, but I kind of like them. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're Blofelds. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I hear what you're saying. Uh, To me, the whole bad guy premise is just a little too watered down because it's, you know, you think it's possibly Jet Li and then you think it's, uh, you know, you start focusing on the crime lords and then there's the crime lord's daughter and their henchmen. There's just a lot of villains. Like, everywhere you look is villains. So yeah. I felt like it got too villainy watered down. And uh, I think you'll see that reflected in my score. But having said that, I kind of agree with you on Statham's likability throughout. Now, I mean, having seen it, we know now that he's not supposed to be super likable, but I hear you. I'll take this time to mention that the daughter, she was a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> she was a little something, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, to break out my old-timey terms here. She was a pistol, see? And... She was definitely not someone to be trifled with. Not at all. Not at all. Get that dressing on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so let's head over to Mission Impossible Fallout and talk about the villains. There's a main villain, a couple villains. And uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> wow. So here's what I wrote on my notes for villain. Walker. Looks like I forgot to write notes on the villain, but that's okay because <laughs> I'll take it from there. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to. I can certainly do my tap dance myself, Jared, because Henry Cavill was that memorable as a villain. I didn't buy for one second that he was on the side of the angels. Not even one. Nah. Maybe it was because of the preview in the movie where it looked like he was getting ready to fight Tom Cruise in that scene where he like does the fist thing and he looks all jacked and powerful. I kind of want to touch his biceps. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, anyway, the cool thing about him in the movie was that yeah, he did, he did get fooled thanks to the collective effort of the team. And you can tell the entire movie that Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt had to do everything to stay ahead of this dude. Everything. And he almost still didn't make it. There was one scene towards the end and they were in the helicopters where Cavill or Walker turns <laughs> and looks and sees who was in the other helicopter. And he looks and just like, <sighs> <laughs> yes. And he, and he gets that freaking hand cannon. And, <laughs> it just, it just has to look like son of a, and of course the, the very understandable, like, why won't you just die? <laughs> so I enjoyed Walker because he played it cool, calm and collected the entire movie and was credible and took the hero to his absolute limits. And that's what your villain is supposed to do. Highly complimentary of Henry Cavill as Walker. Having not seen maybe the previous films, which you totally should, the guy, oh gosh, what was his name? The other villain, the very soft-spoken guy, kind of weaselly. The guy in this movie? 
yeah, the guy that broke out of jail to use him as a bargaining chip. Oh yeah, the uh, the architect. No, excuse me, the anarchist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. He's the main villain from the last movie. Mm-hmm. And while I like him because he's very sort of crafty and calculating, he's not a physical match. For Tom Cruise, you know, you can you imagine that, you know, oh, we meet at last, Mr. Hunt, and he'd be like, wah, 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 and then the game over, right? He's, yeah. a, he's an excellent psychological villain, but a physical one, no, but Henry Cavill, like you said, that's a fight you want to see. You're like, I want to see these two guys fight. Yeah. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Yeah, and they did not disappoint. They went at it. They went at it. They did, and I just think it was spectacular. Did a really, really good job. So, uh, having said that, let's just go ahead and score these. Yes, sir. Over two war in two thousand and seven. You're scoring basically Jason Statham's performance one to ten. What do you give it for Statham? I give him a five. Ooh, you gave him that average score, and I understand that. I don't know. Like I said, it was a, a lot of villains to me between the bosses and part Jet Li, part Statham. I ended at a six. But overall, okay. it was just the overall ensemble of villainry was slightly above average. Yep, yep. I hear you. Mission Impossible Fallout. Let's talk about Walker. And dang it, if I, it's driving me nuts. I can't remember that guy's name. That uh, The Anarchist. Yeah. He's got a Did name, a- and it's going to drive me crazy. Oh, it's he actually a- had a name? I just wrote down The Anarchist. Anyway, so let's talk about Walker and his ensemble of villains. What do you think, score-wise, 1 to 10? 1 to 10, I gave it a 9. It was... Ooh. Very close to uh, flawless for me. I didn't expect to enjoy Henry Cavill as much as I did. I didn't know about his acting chops. I knew, you know, of course, from Superman, but there's a certain archetype that you have with Superman that I had no idea what he was going to bring to this movie. And I think he brought everything that he is as an actor physically and actingly. Actingly, yes. Yes, actingly. Let's, let's pretend that's a word. <laughs> take your nine and match it with my nine, and that's a strong end to round three. So I'll let you take us into round four, my friend. Cool. Nobody's bitch. So we're going to be talking about overall spectacle in round four. How visually engaging is this film overall? That stunts, that's effects, that's cinematography as well. We will start by talking about war. And Jared, I'll let you lead it off. Tell me what you think about the spectacle for war. You know, it had a fair amount of spectacle. They gave us a lot of variety of action. We got to see everything from... Some like motorcycle racing and attacks to gunfights to obviously fisticuffs when you got Jet Li movie, you know that's going to happen. Yep. Chases. They gave us a lot. It all looked very slick and stylish and obviously had a lot of Asian influences to it. And it all just came together pretty nicely. Nothing that really just blew me away that I hadn't really seen before. But for things that I'd seen before, they were very well executed and very well polished. And I will pass it to you, sir. Cool. So... Overall spectacle, I thought the movie itself was a like a little slow to develop. Thankfully, the bosses of the crime lords were immaculate and decadent, but they didn't, they just showed them just to advance the movie and not, it wasn't really a part of it. It was just like, oh, that's kind of a baller house. Like, yeah, of course it is. It's a crime lord. But there are a few cool things like the cool venue with the rogue ambush of the bikers. That whole area that they were in, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Any of the areas that led to the ambushes were cool. The tea house that they were in, that yep. was cool as well. The docks at the beginning, it at least set up the scene, and they needed kind of that dark scene mm-hmm. at the beginning, and we didn't know how much they needed that dark scene mm-hmm. until the end. So the spectacle was good. I uh, didn't have any overwhelming bad things to say about it, but I don't have anything overwhelmingly great to say about it either. 
I feel the same way. So let's move on to Mission Impossible Fallout. Tell us about the spectacle there, Jared. Mission Impossible Fallout is a spectacle movie. Front to back, top to bottom, fist fights, flying helicopters, running, driving, jumping, skipping, discus throw, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. It's spectacle wall to wall, 100%. You do not take your eyes off of it for any given moment. I want to talk so badly about action scenes. I know that that's coming up, but picking a favorite action scene, which is coming up in the next round, was really Near, hard. Nearly impossible. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Uh, look for a really, really good score for me on this. It's just spectacle all the way around. So I, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but I'll turn it over to you. I want to talk very quickly about the star power. There are sometimes in a movie where they throw stars at you just to watch the movie and the movie's crap. Mm-hmm. Just come watch the stars and you don't know how much the stars got paid and they just want you to see it just because it was star. It was a crap sandwich. That's not the case in this movie. And I noticed that in the first 20 minutes, the star power was amazing. Mm-hmm. You had Cruz, you had Bing Rames, you had Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so beautiful. Good. <laughs> yep, still looks so good. <laughs> Jared, Jared, she's 60. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's so beautiful. Don't wind Alec me up. Ba- you know how dangerous this is. <laughs> I know. I know. Alec Baldwin, Henry Cavill, Simon Peck. Like, so that alone is like, oh, so this movie's serious, serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First 20 minutes, they have all these folks in there. And so, yeah, there was uh, the anarchist rescue. Very much a little bit mm-hmm. licensed to kill. Eh? Yep. Yes. Yes. Hey, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And then, uh, let's see, what did I write here? Oh, I put getting the plutonium just gets more and more complex. <laughs> and then I put one hour, 25 minutes into the movie to one hour, 27 minutes alone. And that was the part where Walker was finally revealed as the villain. And you know how I am. If a movie is making me go, damn, <laughs> that's saying something. And sure enough, like that part, I was like, oh, 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 I t- so yes, I was a huge fan of the spectacle as well because you got that sense of overwhelming peril and every part of the movie played into that very, very well. So I have one more thing to say before you start scoring this thing. Sure. Solomon Lane. The dude's name was Solomon Lane. I finally got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's all. I just I just know there's somebody out there who's listening to the show that feels so much better now that I finally said it. <laughs> Was that his name in the movie? Yes, Solomon Lane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone was like, Solomon! It was Solomon Lane! <laughs> that What's is the, the guy you know as the anarchist. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the scoring part of it. We will uh, talk about war first. Jared, what did you have war on the score for overall spectacle? Well, like I said, nothing I hadn't seen before, but very well polished versions of what I've seen before. Could have been a little better polished maybe in the editing. Got a little choppy in places and sometimes hard to follow. Maybe by design, maybe not. But at the end of the day, seven. This might surprise you. Mm -hmm. I also have a seven when it comes to spectacle. (laughs) And I get the feeling that we're about to match up again (laughs) when it comes to the overall spectacle of Mission Impossible Fallout. But Jared, you get first crack at it. All right. I just want to say that much like our cohorts, uh, Delvin and I also do a James Bond podcast, in case you didn't know, Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. Check it out. But our cohorts over on James Bond Radio say, sadly enough, they wish the James Bond franchise could be what the Mission Impossible franchise is right now. And I have to agree. This is a spectacle film. It is a flat-out 10. Flawless victory. Yeah, there isn't much debate on that. 
10 for me also. Flawless victory. Flawless freaking victory. It was so gripping to watch the movie. And again, you know me, attention span of a squirrel. I did turn my head a couple of times, but I regretted it every time I did it because I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> you can't do that in a Mission Impossible film. I know you can't. And like in my freaking contrary squirrel nature, I would do it anyway. It's like, ooh, this thing on Twitter is so much more gripping for two seconds. It's not. It was a great movie in front of me. <sighs> This isn't, you know, Delvin film face-off. It's action film face-off. We should keep going and talk about the round that Jared wants to talk about most, and I do too. The best action scene. Put the knife away and shut your mouth. Yes, sir, indeed. Here we are in round five for the best action scene. This is action film face-off, so if you're going to be in this show, you better have a good action scene to offer up to us. <sighs> I look so forward to this round. <laughs> And in some ways dreaded it, especially over in Mission Impossible, because it was hard for me to... Anyway, Delvin, I'm going to need to know what your best action scene was for war. Okay. I was wondering how I was going to do this, so I was taking my notes, and just when a fight scene went by, I was like, okay, that was decent or that was decent. But the one I came up on, first two that I wrote down was the Soyu Tea House, the battle that went on there. Good gunfight uh, there. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun to watch. There was uh, the Jet Li scene where he was fighting ninjas, but... <clears throat> Yeah. Self-explanatory. <laughs> but what did it for me was the last sword fight between Jet Li and I can't remember whether that was the Yakuza boss or the Triad boss. I think it was the Yakuza boss. Yeah. It was. It was. That sword fight was ugly and personal. Mm-hmm. And Rogue took him apart in sections. Like, there were a couple of scenes where I'm sitting there watching, and you know that it's Hollywood film work, but it's like, that sword is chopping into his arm. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> and, and they're sitting there conducting dialogue like, and I am the ultimate bad guy. Now I'm like, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write me alcohol. Right. I give up. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> myself <laughs> yeah i mean they were chopping and stabbing at each other a lot of times you'll see that sword fight and it's clink 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 and all pretty this was not pretty it was ugly mm-hmm. you can tell that it was just that level of personal animosity that was even better to me than the last fight between lee and statham this one was the one that was the most personal to me and that's the one i chose what do you think I am concurring with you once again. I wrote down the Yakuza headquarter fight with the cars. Because remember, it was kind of like, there was like a car floor show out front. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure like he smashed the guy's face in with the rim of a tire at one point. Yes! <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I, he, he put his hip and arm to it. I mean, just set up that ambush <laughs> and as soon as the guy... <laughs> and that rolled right into the sword fight. And so... Between that whole part where they were there at, at Yakuza headquarters at the end, the same same scene as you, completely agree. Yeah, dude, how badly would that hurt to get hit in the face? <laughs> oh, just smacked in the face with a tire uh, rim. Yeah. Anyway, real quick, you go to the doctor and it's like, you look like you got smacked in the face with like a tire part. What happened? <laughs> I, I got smacked in the face with a tire part. Tire part. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, now some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Oof. As we are heading over to Mission Impossible Fallout, and there is a lot of action scenes to pick from, sir. Yeah. Where'd you land? Man, I have to pick one. I know. I was <laughs> sitting there like, oh, man, it's just struggling. If you picked one, I will pick one. I'll pick the first bathroom fight. And the reason why I pick it 
sometimes a movie preview spoils it. And in this case, that scene, you know, they show Cavill looking all jacked Mm -hmm. in the white bathroom. And I thought he was going to be coming after Cruz looking just at the preview alone. And that was incorrect. He was coming after Lark. Man, Lark had static for days. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. This dude was kicking both Cruz and Cavill's but he was like, I mean, he he won that fight. He may have he may have died at the end of it. He won that fight. The winner of that fight is Lark. <laughs> yes, I want to see a Lark spinoff film because that dude is unstoppable. He, I mean, just that fight was so brutal and brilliant. Cavill fought like you would think a guy like that would fight. Like I don't know how much Cavill weighs. I'm going to guess about two and a quarter, and he is throwing fists powerfully. I mean, that were connecting powerfully. And then you had Lark, who's that slim, muscular martial artist going at it and throwing kicks with his whole body. And then you had Cruz doing whatever thing Cruz did. Like, it was kind of a mogul between the two. That was an excellent fight. That was so good. But runners-up, because it's worth mentioning the runners-up, there was the fight in the bar. There was a cycle chase. There was a helicopter chase. There was a helicopter fight. I don't. How was there a helicopter fight, Jared? There, there was a helicopter fight, and, and then Cavill's death at the end. Man, so many choices, and you couldn't go wrong with any of them. I'm as excited as you are about this. <laughs> yeah. I uh, looking at my notes here. After much consternation, wrote down bathroom fight. <laughs> Because, you know, the way I did it is like, okay, I saw this movie in the theater with Jordan, and then I watched it as soon as I got it on Blu-ray, and then I watched it about a week ago for this show. Yeah. It wasn't up until this afternoon that I finally decided, and I was like, when I think Mission Impossible Fallout, what's the first thing I think of? And I'm like, that bathroom fight. Yeah. So there you go. That's how I decided. Man, agreement. it was close. That helicopter fight at the end, particularly after it crashed. I would just love to know who choreographed that. Like, okay, and then the helicopter's going to fall. It's going to fall again. It's going to be held on by this latch. <laughs> Someone's taking a latch to the face. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you have, I mean, just the storyboarding alone of that was incredible. I, I like to think, I the same thing, but I like to think of it from the moment that Tom Cruise goes running after that helicopter. And you're like, oh, so, you know, he's going to grab onto that pouch that's hanging underneath and climb up. And then he's like... And then there's a helicopter and another helicopter and then what, what the hell? The, a mountain something cable yeah. dangling? I don't know. How we got from point A to point B, I'm still unclear. And yet again, like, okay, his catchphrase I learned, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and his plan was, I'm going to take a helicopter and I'm going to ram it into another <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> no. What? Nope. What? You still have to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we got nothing left to do but to score it. We both agreed on the Yakuza headquarters uh, battle sword fight thing over in war. What'd you give it? One out of ten. One out of ten, I give it an eight. It was very good Ooh. and very personal. I, I was a fan of it. What okay. do you think? Not far off. I gave it a seven. I thought it was good. Not bad at all. Let's go and find out what we thought about that bathroom fight. One to ten. What'd you score it? Ten. Flawless victory. Ooh. I gave it a ten. A ten. A freaking ten. Oh, man. I feel bad now because I gave it a nine. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just... I give you a nine. Thank you. <laughs> To me, it's almost like the whole franchise is a victim of its own awesomeness because there's a couple other things I've seen that I thought are more awesome. Mm-hmm. I, 
Come on, don't you don't. All you right, don't all right. To, you win. I'm bumping it. It's a ten. You don't have to bump it. It's bumped. You don't have to. It's bumped. <laughs> Flawless victory. Because it's it, worth it, it. It's that good. It's that good of a fight. It's very memorable. I should not hold it back based off of other things in the franchise. I should look at it as a franchise as a whole. That bathroom fight is awesome. It gets a 10. Yeah, and to me, understand that a choreograph between two people is hard enough. Good like, point. you got to if three people and they executed that flawless of a fight and then kind of a fourth at yeah. the end of it? I think they needed a little help from the girl, too. Yeah, they did. They absolutely Clark was uh, hopped up on uh, green tea and Mountain Dew or something. <laughs> Ginseng! <laughs> Flash Gordon on Mongo, like, damn. <laughs> yeah, even even Flash would kind of look for a second like, no, no, I'm not going to fight her, Dale. I'm not going to fight her. <laughs> well, that does it for the uh, action scene round. We had a couple of good ones, so nothing left to do but move into round six. Let the mayhem begin. Round six is the deduction round where we are going to give deductions for the ridiculous. Just way out of line. Way out of line. Way out of line. I got half a mind to go to the ward about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about war first. I'll start it off this time. So war, I have one. Minus one because at the end of the movie, they had Rogue dead to rights. And you're a crime boss. Okay, we're going to take you downstairs. What? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, if I were the bad guy, I have a gun. Bang. <laughs> Game over. Dead. Game over. There would have been rogue <laughs> brain parts all over my office. And since I'm a crime boss, I have cleaners who can take care of that. <laughs> there would have been no downstairs in that. He would have been dead right there. Movie would have been over. Do you have any deductions for uh, for war? I do. I have two deductions. I have minus one for its confusing ending. You could tell the filmmakers didn't really know what they wanted to do at the end. I think a lot of it comes from the gray area that they created with the Statham character in that they had a good idea to where they're like, okay, at the end, we're going to reveal that Statham is kind of a bad guy the whole time. Right. But then they kind of mess that up because even though he's he made a bad choice, he genuinely wanted revenge for what they did to his partner. Yep. He's not a true villain. And I think that kind of muddied their waters and they didn't know what to do. And so if you go back and watch that final scene, it's like, I think he took a bullet for Jet Li at the end. Mm -hmm. And, but it wasn't well executed. It wasn't clear. It could have been a much more powerful scene if they'd made some other decisions. So it just got a little muddy at the end. So it got a minus one for that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He wasn't a bad guy. He was a compromised guy. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. And I gave it another minus one because... Even though we do discover throughout the course of the film that Jet Li is the hero, he still killed a room full of guys at the beginning by attaching a grenade to a dog. That's just wrong, man. It's just wrong. You know what? I can agree and concur with that because I saw that coming. I heard it. And I saw it. I was like, yep, there's the dog's going to be a bomb. Yeah. Leave the dog alone, man. (laughs) I'm like Jason with cats. It's understandable. I, I, I know the story. I, I, I know you, Jared. I know the story. Of, rest in peace, Fletch. Yep. Yep. All right. We will go into a deduction round for Mission Impossible Fallout. Go ahead, Jared. Do you have any for, for Mission Impossible? Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, for such a good movie, I have two deductions. Oh. It got a minus one from me because I can remember distinctly remember sitting in the theater and watching early in the movie when the guy was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the nukes have gone off and... 
I'd seen enough Mission Impossible movies and TV shows to know that was a setup. I was like, none of this has really happened. This is a complete setup. And I was 100% right, proven right like two minutes later. <laughs> so I feel bad for giving it the deduction because Mission Impossible has given me so much goodness over the years. I know how to detect goodness now. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know I what it like, feels like. Yeah. I didn't buy it for a second. So I got it minus one for not fooling me with the setup. And my other deduction point is because, you know me, I work in the helicopter aviation industry for my day job. Yeah. Yeah. They don't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the most amazingly well-built helicopters you're ever going to see on screen. Both those dudes would have crashed about 45 seconds in that fight. <laughs> Game over. So that's just my helicopter nerdery. But man, you're still going to get a good total from me out of this one. Let's hear what your deductions are for Mission Impossible Fallout, if any. Yep, I wanted to say something about your first deduction. I can't remember what it was. It Tell me. It, it was it wasn't fooling. That scene just didn't fool me. Oh, yeah. It totally fooled me. <laughs> Well, you know what? You haven't watched the entire franchise, and I'm going to, I'm not casting aspersions on your character, but I'm going to assume you didn't watch a lot of this show back in the no, day. No, I didn't. So I didn't. If you're not on the lookout for it, I can see that. It took that scene for me to remember what MI was all about. Because as soon as, you know, the, the masks start coming off, I was like, oh, yeah, they use my, oh, <laughs> it's Mission Impossible, oh, so, yeah. Trickers. right. Yeah, yeah. So it did fool me, but it also worked to draw me in because before that, Tom Cruise and team had lost the plutonium. And so the next scene, I'm like, there's detonations. I'm like, what? They already like, what? No, <laughs> no. Oh, you got me. You got me. It wasn't nuclear war. So with Mission Impossible, I have one deduction minus one. It looked like twice during the scene where what is Tom Cruise's girlfriend's name? Not his wife, his girlfriend. <laughs> They're not necessarily boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> It was close enough. Ilsa Faust is the Ilsa. character's name. There were a couple of times where it looked like Ilsa, as a sniper, completely took the anarchist's head off. And yet he was completely unfazed. Hmm. Like, you know, like she was like in the, with a sniper rifle and it hit. you saw his head jerk back because she was shot through the window and it hit him. Oh, I forgot about that. But he, he, And she did it twice. And, and it didn't look like it affected him at all. And I'm like... Shouldn't this dude be a vegetable at a very minimum? Huh. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So I give that a minus one. So minus one for Elsa being a not good sniper. <laughs> yeah. Either she's not a good sniper or, or the anarchist had some metal plating in his head that he didn't tell anybody about. Huh. And now you got, I didn't notice it before. And I'm after, uh, I bet I don't miss it next time. Well, that brings us to the end of all six of our rounds. Our fighters are battled. They're bloody. We all know who already won, but I'm going to build tension anyway. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face Off. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face Off, with a score of 90 to 66, to no one's surprise, is Mission Impossible Fallout. Congratulations to Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for the next episode. Oh, before you grab that randomizer handle, my friend, we're going to oh, do it oh. a little different. Here's the thing. I'm going to need you to pull the randomizer twice for each of us, okay? Oh, I know. Watch out. Whoa. <laughs> because 
Not only are you going to pull that randomizer for me, as you're about to, I need you to pull it twice. I need you to pull it once for what Jason and I are going to cover in the next action film face-off. Yeah. And then on the heels of that, Jason and yeah. I are going to be doing a special episode. Ooh. Ooh. And it's going to, I don't want to give away too much, but let's just say it's coming out in late October, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes, it is a Mexican film. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be, you got a big responsibility because now you got to pick years for our upcoming episode, which will be your first spin and your next spin was going to be for our upcoming holiday special, if you will. So go ahead and uh, spin that randomizer and tell me what my years are going to be. All right. I got both hands ready. Both hands ready. Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose your destiny. Nineteen seventy nine and choose your destiny. Nineteen eighty six. Oh, okay. So my next action film face off episode, I'll be doing an action film from seventy nine, and then for the holiday special that we've got coming up at the end of October, I'm not going to tell you what holiday it is, but you don't get out of school for it, and <laughs> that's going to be nineteen eighty six. Okay, cool. What you got for Jason? Jason will be bringing a action film from Choose Your Destiny. 2011 and a surprise film from a holiday that you might get candy corn from. <laughs> Choose Your Destiny. 1996. <laughs> what will those films be? We will tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. Update. <laughs> <laughs> or you can tune in next episode to find out. Until then, I'm Delvin, the Dark Web Williams, and you can find me on social media at DEE underscore RAY1977. Jared, it has been a blast. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, it's a pleasure, and you're always welcome here, especially if we can get rid of Jason. <laughs> You can find me, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all at Yard Sale Artist, possibly at your local Arby's. We have the meats. They have the meats. <laughs> and be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella, which includes Delvin's show, The Transformers Chronicles. So if you're tuning in and you're like, hey, I like action films and The Transformers, it's your lucky day. But you'll get that and many other shows under the Longbox umbrella by just going to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much all your finer podcatchers. Or you go directly to www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or comment, once again, you can do that by hitting us up at social media at Longbox Crusade. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's all Longbox Crusade. And if you want to interact with us via the live chats and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Livestream on YouTube. We do them on mostly the second Sundays of every month, and we usually start at 3.30-ish. I know there's a lot of vagary in here. <laughs> 3.30 p.m. Central Time, and you get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live, because you can win free stuff. Free. Free. Free, 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 free. I want to thank Delvin once again for being here in our Mix-Em-Ups month. Thanks for sitting in for Jason. It's been a blast, my friend. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, man. No problem. And thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everybody out there who's listening. And until next episode, keep your head down. And your knuckles up. Watch out!
The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. I'm somewhat nervous about action film face-off. You know my attention span and <laughs> watching movies and it's like, <laughs> what am I f***ing up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're replacing Jason, so... If you can feel corner, just big words and <laughs> just pontificate your way out of it. It's like, I thought that this movie was mellifluous. <laughs> what? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you, did you already introduce yourself? No, you introduced me in this upcoming paragraph. Good God. If you read it, it'll all make sense. I did. I know. I looked at the script and everything. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Give me one second. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. <laughs> oh. I think I'd know what to say having done the show 11 times. Uh, okay, here we go. I lost my spot. That's great. She's going to blow him away. Arby's, we have the meats.